You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. The Lord is so good, so wonderful. You know, it's so great uh, to be home and to be here. We've had so many things going on and things happening, but uh, praise God for you guys and for our church and for all the folks in our church that just love Jesus. You know, there's a, there's a world that uh, is looking for hope. Did you know that? They're looking for what you have. They really are. They're looking uh, to understand how to, how to walk in light of the Word of God. You know, what makes Christianity or what makes us different? I don't even say Christianity, but what makes people who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, what makes people that love God, that want to walk in accordance with the Word different than everybody else is because not only do we have an understanding of our five physical senses, you know, what we see, what we hear, what we taste, what we touch, and what we smell, you know, we know all those things, but we're governed by another uh, sense, if you would, and that is that we have faith sense. And we have revelation knowledge, not just sense knowledge, not just knowledge based on what we hear, based on, we have knowledge based on the word of God, based on what we know in our hearts. Aren't you glad that in 1 John chapter 2 verse 20, he says that you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Man, aren't you glad you're a know-it-all? Wow. And the key is you don't know nothing, but the Holy Spirit knows everything, and he'll make you look like a genius, amen? And he'll help you. But you know, there are, there are times when things happen, or, or just even on our times right now, I mean, I was praying, seeking the Father, because I said, Lord, what is it? Where do we, how do we get this thing back on track to a certain, how do we finish? How do we go? How do we bring everybody back from this faction and that faction and this thing? You know, uh, the Bible declares that when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're saved. It doesn't say if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we do this, we're saved. Or if we have done this, or we didn't do this. No, it simply means if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we're born again. We can make Jesus Christ the Lord of our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, go with me, if you would, over to Mark chapter 16. I'm just going to bring us back to bases, bring us back to a foundation, because I believe there's some doors that need to be opened for us. But the first thing that we have to do, you know, when, when, when chaos is all around, and when we look around and we really don't know what to do, or if we've had spiritual blows, where things didn't work out right, or things didn't, didn't go the way we wanted them to go. You know, I always ask the Lord all the time, I say, God, when are you going to intervene here? You know, uh, what are you waiting for? When, when are you going to just put a put an end to all this, this craziness? You know, when is there going to be some things or miracle signs and wonders? Or what, what, what are you waiting on? I mean, I, I, if I'm not doing it, Lord, correct me, direct me, show me what I need to do, whatever's going on. Lord, we need a word in due season. We need to know what's happening, what's going on. How do we handle these things here? Because how do you know the church has to be the voice of reason? And when I say the voice of reason, that's not natural reason it's the voice of spiritual reason you understand that it's the voice of truth amen why because we have an unction we know them. the bible also goes on to say in verse 27 of that same first john 2 it says you have an anointing that abides within you that you need not that any man teach you 
because that same anointing that abides within you shall teach you all things. It doesn't mean that you don't need teachers. It doesn't mean that you can't learn. It doesn't mean that you don't. But what it simply means is that you know when truth is being spoken to you and when a lie is being spoken to you. You know how not to be deceived. See, the devil is a master of deception. He loves to put doubt in you. From the very first time in Genesis chapter 3 when Satan said, has God really said? Is this really true? Is this true? Is this true? Man, aren't we at that today? What is true? What is truth? Thank God this is truth. Period. End of sentence. Don't care what anybody else says. This will keep you sane. This will keep you from, from just you know, pulling your hair out. This will keep you from thinking, oh my gosh, what about this person? What about that person? You know, thank God. See, don't let anybody try to lead you astray from the truth of the word of God because always got to operate in faith and believing that what God says, hallelujah, is the right way to go. So I said, well, how do I know what truth is? Truth always brings peace. Fear always brings panic. Fear always also brings confusion. Amen? That's how you know. Something comes in and starts to bring it, it causes you to panic or get you to be confused. Then you know, wait a minute, time out. God's not the author of confusion. That's what the Bible says. It's a, and fear, God said he's not giving me a spirit of fear. Amen? So when I was asking the Lord these questions and I was asking it, you know, he just basically spoke to my heart. He said, I'm just watching your response. I said, well, obviously I haven't been responding very well, huh? <laughs> you know, he didn't answer that question. I mean, I, that was me. I said, okay, because if I'm not getting where I need to be or I don't see things that I think I need to see, then my response hasn't been a right response. It hasn't been a response of faith. It may not have been a response of trust, you know. And so I have to go and grab myself. Now, aren't you glad my world-famous saying is that, guess what? Your first response doesn't have to be your last response. Our first response. So I said, Lord, I can change my response. So, you know, we've got to ask ourselves, how are we responding to what's happening to all the different things of what's going on? And the Lord just really, he began to just, I said, Lord, you know, how do I, how do I gather everybody back together, get in there, and then let's launch. Let's, let's go into this next uh, whatever, you know, how much time we have left. And I don't know that we have a lot of time left, but I know that we've got the time that we've got to finish. And we've been called to be 11th hour workers, so how do we do this? What do we do? And he always says, well, what do you know? What do you know to be true? I always go back to square one. Anytime you've ever had some kind of tragedy in your life or any kind of spiritual blows or anything that just really rocks your world, you always got to go back and say, okay, Lord, what do I actually know to be really true in my life? And so what I want to share this morning is what we know. I want to tell you what you know. Amen? And then you can start thinking about it, okay? But I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. We know this. We know this. The Bible says we know. So if the Bible says we know, you know. You know, you'd be like Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I've been, I don't know why I'm reading Ezekiel lately. That's kind of interesting. I mean, it's got some really great, but Ezekiel is, 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 it's like Jeremiah. You read Jeremiah? What a depressing book, you know? <laughs> then you get into Ezekiel, man, and God's about to kill everybody, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know? Isaiah's pretty good, you know, but you get in these other ones, man, 
It's like, Lord Jesus. But in Ezekiel, uh, the wonderful thing about Ezekiel, he's a smart man, smart guy. Every time God would ask him a question, he said, Lord, you know. I said, Lord, thank you. You know. Lord, you know. So I've been saying that a lot lately. Lord, you know. You know. Now show me. You know. Show me. Show me. So here, God brought me back. Very, very familiar passage. Mark chapter 16. Look at verse 15. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. And those, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after that, the Lord had spoken unto them. He was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. You know, I always go back to square one. The Lord said, what do we know? We know that God sent Jesus. And we know that because we believe in him, we have eternal life. And nothing is going to change that. Nothing's going to take us out of the hand of God. We know that God told us, not only because we have that, but God also told us our mandate is to reach the lost, to share this eternal life that we have with them. And that's all just sharing Jesus. It's not about our opinion of Jesus. It's just sharing, you know what? Here it is. What are you going to do about Jesus? Here it is. We want to reach the lost with the gospel. The gospel is good news is you don't have to go to hell. You get to go to heaven. There's a hell and a heaven. Most people that are walking around that don't know if they really believe there is a God or there isn't. But thank God that we got to share that with them because it's the word of God that will penetrate their hearts. The only thing that's going to divide between their spirit and their soul and actually penetrate their soul or penetrate their minds is the word of God. Amen. No, no matter of arguing, no, but you got to go back to your own self and say, you know what? I believe that Jesus is the son of God, that Jesus is my savior. Guess what? I'm saved. See, we know God's called us to reach the lost. We also know God's called us that we are to be actively building one another up. We're actually to be encouraging and building up the church. Amen. We're supposed to be encouraging one another, not discouraging one another. Listen, folks, guess what? We need each other. We need the body of Christ. One thing that I know, and one thing I've always done my whole entire life, is to be an encourager and and, 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 and to go and to just strengthen the brethren. Because if we do that, it changes everybody's lives around you. It really does. We need one. The Bible, there's a lot of things. I, I just say, go through the New Testament and look up the word one another. Just go one another. You'll find out, man... It's in there multitudes of times and what we're supposed to do to one another. And it's amazing that not one time, you know, the Bible says, if we do fight and start accusation, we're going to devour one another. So don't do that. Amen. We're not supposed to criticize and do that. We're supposed to bring life. So you got to go back and say, okay, the one thing I know is Jesus Christ is my Lord and say, that's what we know. We know. Why do we know that? Because God said so. God said this. You know, you remember in Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's why you want to be connected to the church. What's the church? It's the body of Christ. It's you. It's the people that you're connected with. Amen? Because we need that. See, let's get back 
yeah, the world, listen, the world going to get crazy, but let's get back to getting loving and believing and sharing the gospel and let's get back to honoring God and everything we do and let's allow God to be God, amen? Do you know also that we know that God gave us the commission right here? He gave us the authority and the commission to go to all the world and preach the gospel. That's what we have to do. That's our job. So yeah, but they don't want to hear, they're crazy, they're all, it doesn't matter. Hallelujah. You're not going to get judged in heaven whether they agreed with you or not. You're not going to get judged in heaven whether they even heard you. But you are going to get judged in heaven if you didn't do it. If you didn't open your mouth or if you didn't have actions corresponding. Amen. There's some works that are going to be, yeah, you're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. Y'all know that there is a judgment seat of Christ, okay? There's a judgment day coming for all of us. Thank God we're in Christ. So in Christ, our works are going to get judged. We're not going to get judged. At the great white throne judgment, they're going to get judged. All right? Their works ain't going to get judged. They're going to get judged. There's a big difference. Hallelujah. Amen? So when you understand that, then glory to God, what God's going to do and what God's saying to us, he told us that we've got to go and make disciples. We're supposed to decree and declare the truth from the word of God. Why is that so vitally important? Because it keeps you focused on what you're supposed to do and it keeps you focused on God, but it also causes God's glory to be covering the earth, God's grace, his mercy. And we thank God for those that God still wants to reach. Amen. With the love of Jesus. Just loving on people, reaching out. Hallelujah. For what he has. And aren't you glad that not only did God give us the authority, he gave us the Holy Spirit to live and dwell on the inside of us to help us exercise that authority. Amen. Amen. That's what he said. Acts 1.8. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall become what? Witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. You, you know, said, well, you're going to receive power to become. Power to become. Aren't you glad? Not only did he give us that authority, so you've got this, but now I'm going to give you the power, and I'm going to place with you the greater one living on the inside of you, and it's going to change your life. See, just like I said, we don't need to go out and say, well, if you do this, and this. no, we need to, hey, it's all about Jesus, it's all about the love of Jesus, and it's all about, hey, let's just pray for peace. Let's pray for the presence of God to be in your lives. So let's stop letting the distractions of the world and all of the other things in the fight on this. Every one of us has different convictions. See, I knew it would get quiet in there. Because all of us have different things and different things. We think we all have different convictions and we have to live our convictions. I live my convictions are very strong. I live the beliefs of the word of God. I'm going to always tell people, I tell you what I know and let you do your own thinking about it. You know, but I live, there are things that I'm very strong about in my life, but I don't preach about those things because they're my convictions. They're not the word. And my conviction and your conviction, you know, has nothing to do with, you know, uh, other people's lives. It has to do with our lives, how I live my life. And I have to live my life. And what may be sin to me may not be sin to you. Amen. Amen. You travel the world. Holy cow. You know. You travel the world and you get around with folks. I get around with a lot of pastor friends and friends that are around the world. You know. And I hang with them and I go, whoa. There's things that come out of their mouth. There are things that they put in their mouth. There are things that they do. And I go, if I did that. That would be sin. I would, I would be under such great condemnation. 
And then I watch them get up in the pulpit and the anointing of God is upon them. And they preach the word and I go, God, you are amazing. Because I was just, I've been with them all week. And they had, and, and their, their, their conscience is so clear. And my conscience is so bothered. And I didn't even sin. And I learned, I learned that, you know what? God, you got all kinds. And you can use anybody. It's amazing. And I learned I'm just going to live my life. You know, because I can't, I can't do things that will violate my conscience of what I do. I have to make sure. Hallelujah. And so here's another thing. Here's the main thing that we know. Because I'm going to talk to you about, like I said, there's some doors that need to be opened to all of us here. And God wants to open these doors because through Jesus Christ, every door of heaven is open. But you've got to get back to the base. You've got to get back to what God is wanting to speak into your life and to lead you and direct you. See, because here's another thing that we know. We know that the word of God is our basis for everything. That we have scripture. It's our basis for our authority. It's our basis for our instruction and our direction. It's the beginning and the end, hallelujah, of where we find our purpose. Hallelujah. I'm going to make this statement, and I got this statement from somebody who said Tony Cook. He said, Tony Cook said this. I never heard him say it, but it's a really great statement. One of the best ways to move beyond past pain Hallelujah. One of the best ways to move beyond past pain is to have a future purpose. Amen. That's okay. He's trying to preach too. He's doing good. Don't bother me, man. I grew up preaching in Pentecostal churches. No nurseries, no kids church, no nothing. It just, everybody was there, you know, and, you know, and then when they were taking the kid out to give him a good whooping, the kid would be like, hey, pray for me. I'm about to die, you know, so it just wipe everything out while you're preaching. I mean, you know, so, and then they'd shout, yell, scream. So you just, you just keep preaching. You don't let that bother you. Hallelujah. You know, we look at things and see that. Let me share that again with you. Because it says it's one of the best ways to move beyond past pain is to have future purpose. How many of you know we have an incredible purpose? Is there not a cause? The enemy is shouting out like Goliath. Defying the armies of the living God. Defying God to do so. Where is God? Where is this? Where is this thing? Man, aren't you glad that God's called us to be Davids, that we showed up at the battle, hallelujah, and we said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that how dare him defy the armies of the living God, how dare anybody come against the God that we serve, how dare anybody rise up, glory to God, watch what God can do, amen, see, we've got to rise up, but we rise up with our voice. David rose up with his voice first before he ever went out and got his slingshot, got his stones and ran after him. You always have to overcome every giant in your life with your mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. So you've got to take hold of the word of God. You've got to grab a hold of this. See, because God wants what we know to be passed on to everybody else. I mean, I don't know about you. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is coming back in my lifetime. I do. I mean, I, I totally believe that more than, than I ever have, okay? But I'm going to keep preaching until, I don't mean, you know, however old I get. 
But I want to pass on this legacy to the next generation, too. I want to make sure that they declare that they have to serve their generation by the will of God. I'm going to serve my generation by the will of God. But I want everybody else to serve theirs. I'm going to pass it on to my grandkids, to my kids. I want them to serve their generation by the will of God. I want this. I desire this with all of my heart. They've got to do this. Amen? Because, and not only to listen and observe, say, isn't that great what grandpa says? Isn't that great grandpa used to say this? Or isn't that great what dad used to say? No, no, no. I don't want you just to hear it. I want you to do it. I want you to take home. I want you to live it. I want you to grab it and do these things here. How to do it. See, because right now, right now, the world needs to see Jesus more than it needs to hear Jesus. It needs to see us that we're not afraid. It needs to see that we got peace. It needs to see that we have joy. Amen. And then when they ask, we can tell them. Then they can do it. I like what, you know, somebody shared this with me many, many years ago, and I've used it many, many years. Everywhere you go, preach the gospel, and sometimes use words. You need to leave the presence of God everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Now I want to give you four doors, and I'll do this in the next 15, 20 minutes, okay? So that was the introduction. Y'all okay? You know, you know this thing, I'm a teacher, so I do all these things. I think, man, I can break that down. That'll be one hour. I break this down. There'll be another half. And I break, and, then, and God's like, no, you're not doing that. You just, just blah. Just get it all out there. <laughs> so I got three pages of typed notes, and I never get off the first page, you know. I go back and look. I'm saying, you know what? That, that was a really good thought you were going toward, but you never got there. Because here's what we need right now in the body of Christ. There's some doors that need to be opened to us. And the first door that needs to be opened back to us is the understanding that we need the door of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. That we need to understand that we're spiritual beings, that we need the door of the supernatural, the door of the Spirit of God to rule and reign in our hearts, that we know glory to God. We're not bound by all the junk that's going on in the world. The very first door you need open is a door of, of the Spirit of God that says, wait a minute, what makes me different is I have a spirit of revelation. I don't have to walk by what I see, hear, smell. All the, I can walk by what God reveals to me through his word, what God is speaking to me, what God said about the situation. Amen? It looks like it's hopeless, but there is never, I'm never without hope because I'm never without God. It looks like it can't be done. It looks like it's not going to happen. But glory to God, God's on my side. God's always a God of impossible. And God gave me faith, not for the possible, but for the impossible. That's where I have faith to believe, God, you're going to move. And you're going to do something supernatural in his place. See, God opens the door. The Bible says that as we pray in the spirit, and in the spirit is a place, it's knowing that we have a spiritual connection with God. Hallelujah. You know, it's so wonderful to understand how awesome it is to know that I am a spirit, I possess a soul, and I live in a body. That was probably one of the greatest revelations I ever got when I first went into Bible college and looked at things. And when somebody said that, I thought, God, these people are crazy. That's like schizophrenic. They're trying to divide me, <laughs> trying to make me figure out with this prayer. I said, I didn't know, know there's three people living in me. Well, come on, I was coming from a purely natural thing. I was, I mean, even though I was saved, you know, and, and barely filled, but I was, you know, I know I wasn't sanctified because everybody was praying for me because they knew I wasn't sanctified because I came from California, so I, they didn't even know if I was saved. <laughs> Went to a school in the Midwest, showed up with hair down my shoulders, you know, back in the 70s, and so 
wild-eyed and bushy-tailed, and they're all like, oh, dude, this guy's, don't know him. He's got platform shoes and bell-bottom pants, man. We're in trouble. <laughs> and my shoes were corduroy. Come on. That'll date all of you that know how that's at. Okay. But the key is, and when, you know, when you show up like that, they're all like, oh, my gosh. All them religious boys were praying for me. It was good. I, I said, it was good. probably why I made it, because they are all praying. Oh, my gosh. He did pray. He's just, you know, and that was my roommate. He, he, he knew I wasn't saved. But I was. Why do I share that with you? Is that what happens is, is when you begin to know that, that when God begins to open up to you, that, wait a minute, I'm a, I, I am a spirit. I possess a soul. I live in a body. My spirit is the real man. That's the man that got born again. My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. So I can look at it. And the only thing that can divide between my soul and my spirit is the word of God, the Bible says. And my body, that's just this thing that does whatever my mind or whatever my spirit tells it. It's just over here. It's just always, I'm hungry. I'm tired. I don't want to do anything. I don't like that. Ouch. You know, that's all it does. You know, it's, you know. So, hey. I want the third piece of chocolate cake. Come on. So, so we understand that it'll do anything and everything, but it, it only is lined up with where the spirit of God is or what the, the, the mind or the will begins to declare to this. But when I began to understand that, that, wow, uh, there's a door in the spirit. There's a door of utterance that needs to be. There's a door that needs to be there that I need to hear in the realm and that God wants to speak. Because the Bible says God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, if I'm going to worship him rightly, I need to worship him spiritually. I need to worship God in spirit, which means I need to know that there's an intimacy. There's something that God can talk, and God talks to me spirit to spirit. Which and, and everybody gets mystical about that, but it's not. It's not. It's just the real you. It's the one that God points the real you on the inside of you, and it just that's why the Bible tells us we've got to renew our mind. See, we renew our mind, then our then our then our soul and our spirit aren't fighting all the time. Yeah, but we got to look at this just reasonably. We got to look at just look at this logically. Now, see, y'all are so mixed up. You ain't never divided them, so you don't ever have arguments. I argue all the time with myself because <laughs> my brain really works good. So my brain's always telling me, "Now let's look at this. Look at this. Look at this." I've never had a problem putting down the pros and the cons. And the funny thing about it, everything I've ever done for God has only had one pro. God said, and all the cons have said, this is why you can't do that. It's always a longer list. Well, it's not the right timing. Yeah, you just don't have enough money. Uh, you know what? Nobody's going to help you. Uh, you know what? It's just, it, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And then over here it says, God says, go, do. I said, God, can you give me some more? And he never does because God never gives you any more unless you obey the first one. Okay, it's like walking across the stream and all you can see through a big fog, but you see one rock. And and if you don't jump out to that rock, then you get to see where you're going to go. He doesn't tell you how it goes all the way across, how to get there. See, he goes, why? Because it takes faith. It takes faith to do this. We got this door, but the first door is the door. And the wonderful thing is, is we entered that door when we got born again. 
We entered that door and then thank God God opened that door wider when we got filled with the Holy Spirit. That door got opened wider and then we began to see the things that God wanted and then we can see into the realm of the Spirit. We're like 2 Corinthians chapter 4, you know, verse uh, uh, 18 when it says, we don't, while we look not at the things that are seen, because the things that are seen are temporal, they're subject to change. We look at the things that are not seen because they are eternal. Hallelujah. We're looking at the word of God. That's the first door that we got to go to. Hallelujah. Second door that we got to go through. Hallelujah. Is the doors of utterance. See, he gives us that. First of all, when you walk through the spiritual door, you're going to have spiritual utterance. But God's going to walk a door of utterance. What does that mean? Paul said that there'd be an exceedingly door of utterance that could come out. Pray for us so that we'd have a door of utterance. Why is that so important? Because your voice matters. Because your voice carries power with it. Because you're a child of God. So what you say carries more weight than anybody else around you for you. For you, that's why you're... doesn't matter how many people tell you how terrible... doesn't matter how many people are talking bad about it. doesn't matter how many people are saying... Your voice is what counts in your life. So your voice counts. So God's going to give you that uh, uh, voice in a door of utterance where you begin to say, no, this is what the Word of God said. This is what I believe. Amen. God, we, there's a door... Because once you... Then you know how to talk in the realm of the Spirit, but then you also know how to talk in the realm of the natural. How do you know it's good to know how to talk to God? In a right manner. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't go talking to God like, hey, you know what, man? Let me just talk to you about some things. <laughs> Sorry, I never talked to my daddy like that. that. That I wouldn't have got the first hay out of my mouth without getting knocked to the ground. <laughs> you know, that was, no, I go to God. I reverence God. I honor God. He's still God. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, we talk, we talk very plainly, but we talk... I talk very reverently. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know how to be respectful. You know? And, and to go to him. So we open up a door of utterance. What does that mean? It means I know how to share. I know how to come to God with his word. I know how to come to God and talk to him and give him my heart. But not only that, God also opens up a door of utterance so that I know what to say. You know, the Bible says, there's scriptures in the Bible that says, when you stand before people who are, you know, getting ready to, to, to convict you or getting ready to come against you for all that you believe, he says, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'm going to put words in your mouth. Now, I don't know about you. Have you ever had you start speaking about something and you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden something supernatural comes out of your mouth? I mean, it's so, and you're like, wow. And the other person goes, oh, you're so spiritual. And you're thinking to yourself, hey, Ned, that's awesome. We need to write that down. Man. I don't know what I said. That's good stuff. That happens to me. I mean, that's how I learn ministry because praying and saying, oh, God, I don't know what to say to these people. What am I going to And I start talking, all of a sudden, thinking, I say, let's write that down. That's our fan. And they say, oh, you're so smart, Pastor. No way, man. I just, you first time you heard it, first time I heard it. Oh, yeah. No kidding. That, that's a great thing to do. That's why sometimes I tell you, how many of you taking notes? Take notes. That's a great thing I just said. Pastor, can you say that again? No. You should have got it the first time. I don't know. I didn't say it. Amen. Amen. Next door that you need to get through is the door of revelation. Now, this one here, man, I could preach for days and hours on this one, but I'm just going to hit it here uh, because one of the things about it is, is that, see, when God reveals things to you, you need to enjoy the revelation that he gives to you. People get, scholars get really mad when we use the word revelation. They say, There's no new revelation. This is it. It's all. We understand that. 
But how many of you know we don't know all this yet? How many there's a ton of things in here we don't know? And God reveals them to us. God's showing things to us. So when, it, so when you say, you know, get in the doorway of revelation, it just means I didn't never see that before. I didn't even know that. Man, that's so awesome. God's revealing it to me. God's revealing how great his love is toward me. You know, that's one of the things, too, that you need to know how much God loves you. Listen, God loves us so much. If it seems like God has forsaken us, he hasn't. Let me just brag on you. Do you know, if you feel like God's not coming through for you or you feel like, man, what's going on? Guess what? God has more faith in you than you have in yourself. He does. God, see, God says, now you got this. You're going to be okay. You got this. Because why? I'm with you. It's all going to be good. We're going to finish. Folks, we're going to finish. We're going to finish. And we're going to finish strong. And we're going to finish in the things of God. What is the door of revelation? It means you need to believe that God's going to reveal things to you that you don't know everything yet and that the Holy Spirit in you has got so much more to unveil to you. See what I mean? You all of a sudden, it's like, man, there's just so much more. The word of God, there's so much more things. God's gonna do this and we need this now because God's gonna give you words to say. God's gonna give you utterance. God's gonna give you revelation and when you speak, people are gonna go, they're gonna be like Stephen. You're going to be like Stephen. He's standing front and he starts start speaking. He starts he start sharing the Old Testament. He's sharing stories that they've heard their whole lives, but he's sharing about, and he's sharing, and they're all like, we can't handle it because he's smarter than we are. Yeah, they stoned him, but who cares? Because Stephen said, he looked up and said, ha, there's Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Glory to God. It's awesome. I can see it. And then they got really crazy. And he just went up to heaven. Hallelujah. I mean, glory to God, to be understand. But see, it's because when you get that door of revelation, you get that door, you know things that other people aren't going to know, and you think, well, everybody knows it. No, they don't. You know it for you and for what situations that you have. Listen, let's get be a lot more spiritual than we think we are. Let's, get, let's jump up and believe that, hey, God is really talking to me. God is showing me. Don't do the after effect and say, gosh, that really was God. Why didn't I pay attention? Well, I thought maybe, nah, God, that couldn't. No, listen, let's trust the voice of the Spirit. Let's trust the Spirit of God in us. You're a lot more spiritual than you think you are. Now, see, most pastors would say, don't ever say that to them. They're going to act crazy. No, but it's time that we stop looking to the world for answers. Listen, they're not going to have any answers, okay? There's, I mean, I've been trying to figure out, is anybody saying anything that I can actually say, this may be. I haven't found anything yet, folks. I'm sorry. I wish I could say, yeah, this person, that person. It's just, a, it's just you know, you got you to do like what one Pentecostal preacher said one time. You got to be like, have enough sense as an old cow. You got to eat the hay and leave the sticks. Everybody's got some sticks. You know, there's no, I mean, it just is. It is what it is, you know. And there's a whole lot of other things you could say there, too. You know, but let me give you the other one. The fourth thing that God wants to, and all of these connect together. The fourth door that he wants to do for us is opportunity. Listen, we need to believe for opportunities because we are it. We are the light of the world in the sense of giving what Jesus said for the church. He's the light of the world, but we're the light that's going to bring forth. We're the ones going to bring answers. And so, you know, uh, we've got to stand our ground, stand strong. But we've got to bring light and life. We've got to believe God for doors of opportunity. And believe it or not, I think there's so many opportunities out there. They're disguised as needs. They're disguised as arguments. 
They're disguised as conflict. <laughs> Amen. And the best disguise, most of all, they're disguised as people. <laughs> okay? And it's like, oh gosh, give me a break here. You know. But we've got to get this doors of opportunity because guess what? This is yours and my day of visitation. And if we allow petty things, if we allow our differences on this or on this, or whether you did this or didn't do this, or whether you're this side, this side, if you're that kind of, if we allow all these things of the world to try to divide us or keep us off track on what we, our mission and what our mission is, which is to win the lost. Our mission is to reach and touch lives. Our mission is to build up the body of Christ, to edify one another. Our mission is to honor God in everything we do. Our mission is to speak the word of God when God tells us to speak and act in accordance to what God says. Amen. Our mission and getting back to what we know, getting back to what we know, you know, and see, when we look at these doors, it changes us. It changes us because then you ask yourself, okay, well, what door do I need right now? You know, what's going on in my life? God, I, I need to know about this. Oh, if I need to know about this, I need a door of revelation to open up to me. Hallelujah. God, I'm just so excited. You've just been revealing things like this. And, and, and thank you for this, the, the door of utterance and the spirit of God. Oh, Lord, and you know, I know what I need. I need a door of opportunity to share this. I need a door of opportunity to touch somebody's life. I need a door of opportunity how to, to, you know, to go and to be a blessing. Amen. So you got to find out which door you need. You got to find out which door needs to be opened. Because I don't know about you, but all of these things, just they thrill my heart, but it's like, I need to grab a hold of this. I need to know what this is. What do I need to get a hold of? Now, I want, I want to read some things real quickly to you from 1 John chapter 2. And if, if you have a trouble thinking about knowing things, just read 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, okay? He wrote 1 John, you know, after he wrote the book of Revelation. He got off the Isle of Patmos, and he set up his ministry in Ephesus, and he wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John was the last books that he wrote, letters that he wrote, uh, because he was trying to, he could see what was going on with folks. He could see because as time was going on, everybody was waning. They were looking for Jesus' return. They were trying to see things. There was a lot of, of difficulty happening. There was a lot of things going on. And John was the only apostle left, and he was you know, aged, and he was there. And he says, listen, here's what needs to happen. So, I mean, if you just read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, I tell you, it just, it'll change your life. But 1st John especially, because all through 1st John, he says, we know, we know, we know. So I, just listen to this. I'm not, I, you're not going to be able to keep up with me, but I'm going to do it right here, okay? 1st John chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, he said this. But whoso keeps his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we, or we know, that we are in him. He that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. 1 John 2, 18 says, we know that it is the last hour. 
Okay? First John 2, 20 says, but you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. First John 2, 21 says, we know the truth. First John 2, 29 says, and we know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of God. These are things that we know. We know this. We know this. First John 3, 2, we know that we, when he is revealed, he, we will be like him for we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah. First John 3, 5 says, we know that he was manifested to take away the sins of the world. Amen. Verse 14 of chapter 3 says, we know that we have passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. Verse 16 says, we know the love of God. Hallelujah. Because he laid down his life for us. Verses 18 and 19 of chapter 3. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Amen. Verse 24 says, and hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he has given us. Chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. By this that we know the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Talking about that every spirit that doesn't believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. We also know that 1 John 4 and verse 4 says, you know, that, you know, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. You are of God. Hallelujah. So verse 6 says, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Verse 13 says, by this we know that he abides in us and we abide in him. Verse 16 says, and we have known and believe the love that God has to us. Aren't you glad that you know and you believe it? We know it. First John 5, 2 says, by this we know that we love the children of God. Hallelujah. Verse 13 of that same chapter says, we know that we have eternal life. Hallelujah. Because of what he's done. Verse 15 says, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. And we know, verse 18, that whosoever is born of God does not sin. And verse 19 of that same chapter is, and we know that we are of God. Hallelujah. And verse 20, the last verse says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him, the one that is true. Even his son, Jesus Christ, that he is the true God and he is eternal life. How many think John knew some things? We know, we know. John didn't say maybe. He didn't say might. He didn't say a lot of things. John was continually reminding us. And he was trying to remind the body of Christ. He was trying to remind it. Listen, we know these things. We know this. So we got to come back. What do we know? Glory to God. We know I'm saved. If Jesus Christ, you know that. And if you don't know that this morning, we want to make sure that you know that. So you got to know that for truth that you're going to make heaven, you're going to miss hell. That's the foundation because that's the key for everything. Amen? That's what we know. And then we look at this and say, Lord, here's how we handle this. I know this. This is what you said about me. So you got to go back to the square one. I know whom I believed, and I know that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him. God's going to hold it. God's going to take care of it. God's plan, God's purpose. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. See, I want to tell you, come back. Listen, we've got the answer. We know the truth. Amen? 
So we can rejoice. We can sing happy songs. We can sing things because people say, "Well, you're just in a bubble." Maybe so, but we're just in the body of Christ. And because we're in the body of Christ, because we're in the church, God does supernatural things. We can't help it that God loves us. We can't help but be God's favorites. Because he said so. Amen? But the greatest thing is we know that we have these things and we know that we have eternal life. Everything else flows out of that. Bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you today. Lord, from my heart, I want to establish a foundation. Lord, I do pray that the doors of the Spirit open up to each and every one of them. Father, that doors of utterance open up, doors of revelation. And Father, I open up and I ask that doors of opportunity. There's so many opportunities, but Father, let us have a revelation first. Let us, the Spirit of God, so that our relationship with you is intact. Father, we honor you today. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. Father, thank you for Harvest Bible Church. These folks, thank you for all those that are watching, but all those that are here. Lord, they're so precious. These are precious people. These are body of Christ. These are people that are born again. They're blood bought and blood washed by the blood of the Lamb. Father, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that they really don't know if they're born again, or they really don't know that they have eternal life, my heart's cry is that they would know It's not something to think, well, I think so. No, it's to know. We know that we have eternal life. You know that you're going to make heaven. You know that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You've, You've believed in your heart. You've confessed with your mouth the Lord. You know these things. This is not a matter. Now is not a time to think so. It's a time to know. So if you're here under the sound of my voice or you're watching, Jesus loves you. Jesus said if we believe in our heart, we confess Jesus as our Savior, we get to be born again. For, you know, he talked about that. Romans said, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but it's with the mouth that confession comes unto salvation. So if you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure. If you're not sure about your salvation, raise your hand. I'll lead you in a prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's you believe it in your heart and you confessing with your mouth. That's how Jesus made it so that everybody would be on the same playing field. Because you can't earn it. You just got to receive it. It's by revelation. It's by taking hold of it. So if you're here and, you don't, and you're saying, I'm not sure, raise your hand real high. Let's pray. Let's make it. Let's get this thing done because God needs you. He needs your voice. He needs you to know what you have, what we have, what we have, what we know. Father, thank you. I'm, I'm in a church full of believers here this morning. I believe that with all my heart because I don't believe anybody would not want Jesus to be the Lord of their life. Father, I, I thank you for that. So, Lord, this message was for us. It was for the body of Christ. It's what we know. And, Father, when we begin to decree and declare this, we begin to say it. Sometimes people think, well, you just, you think you're something. Father, yes, we are something because you made us something. We, without you, are nothing. We're just like the world. We're, we're, We're defeated. We're confused. But with you, we're not defeated. With you, we're victorious. With you, we have an unction. So the Holy Spirit shows us things. He reveals things to us. He unveils things for us. We can walk in the truth. And Father, we're, we're not going to be like the Galatians. We're not going to, you know, having started out in the Spirit, we're not going to be made perfect in the flesh. We're going to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. That liberty, that liberty that says, you know what? 
I may not know all things, but I know this one thing, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I know what the word of God says about all things, of what he says, and I trust him in it. He's never going to leave me nor forsake me. He's going to walk with me, in me and beside me. And he's going to lead me in the path of righteousness. He's going to lead me in a direction that he wants me to go. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, Father God. I just trust that I've encouraged and strengthened my heart, my heart's cry, my heart's desire. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Your plans and purposes are going to be fulfilled. Lord, I just thank you for that now. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.